Welcome back to another episode of Life in the Urban City Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Hudak, and today I'm joined by one of our mentors. You guys might, might remember him, Christian Verdugo. Verdusco. Verdusco. My bad, bro. My bad. You can but, just call me vegetables. Okay. No, <laughs> Christian. Um, and he brought in one of his students. So, Chris, when I, I want to pass it over to you. Introduce your student, and then we'll just jump in and get started today. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Paul. So, yeah, thank you, Christian, again, back on. And today, um, I brought one of my students that I've been working with since last school year, uh, Raylene Gonzalez. Worked with her at Fremont Academy. Um, it's, a, it's an academy, and I met her there, and uh, it's been great ever since. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So, Raylene, welcome. Welcome to the Life in the Everson podcast. Thank you. Do you mind doing a quick little introduction who you are? You know, feel free to share as much as you want about yourself. Oh, um, my name is Raylene. Um... I'm a senior at Fremont for this year, pretty much. I don't know. I'm just a very outgoing but, like, quiet person, I guess mm-hmm. I could say. That's all I can really use to describe myself because there's not much to me. Okay, pretty simple. Yeah. Did you, Christian, was he able to get you out of school early for this podcast? No, I'm in independent studies, so I can just leave whenever. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Oh, man, I thought Christian had that poll. He's like, hey, yo, Prince, we, we got uh, Raylene for a podcast. Can we pull her out real quick to record this? <laughs> nah, okay, that's cool. Well, yeah. What made you decide to be independent study versus continual regular, you know, high school? Well, because they're all, all of my ninth through twelfth now. Um, I was kind of like moving in and out of school or not going and whatever, mm-hmm. and I fell behind on a lot of credits. I only have a hundred five, a hundred thirty five credits right wow. now, and I need two twenty to graduate. So, um, one of the the staff members at the school at the time. You know, he's the one that suggested, oh, why don't you do independent studies? You'll get done faster. You won't have to wait on teachers, you mm-hmm. know, so you're not, like, adding classes upon classes upon classes, stressing yourself out. Yeah. So I just... You have 130 or 135? 135. So you need, like, 95 more credits or so, 85 more credits? 85, gra- yes. Holy smokes. That's that's going to be an intense year. Stress. Stress. Because <laughs> normally you get 10 credits per class. Yeah. So the most you could get is, you know, like, 60 or so. Right, Just in a regular year. Yeah. I mean, plus zero, plus seven. Yeah. So that's what? 80. And you still need another half of a class? Yeah. It makes no sense. But yeah, so, oh much. man, we'll start, you know, start some prayers, you know, <laughs> call the local prayer group or whatever, you know, start helping you <laughs> out. I would do my own prayers too. I need it. I need well, it. Damn, that's crazy. So go for it, Christian. Yeah. Feel free to jump in, whatever you want. How, like, how did you and Christian get connected? Okay. So pretty much, um, Justice for Youth came to my school, right? Mm hmm. And they were there for, like, think like a year or two before I actually, you know, joined the groups and stuff like that. And I was going through a lot, not even going to lie, you know, just mentally at home, school, and just in general. So my counselor was the one that was like, hey, like, you know, we have a group. You can join if you want. You know, this is what they usually talk about for the most part. And she's like, but you have to, you know, sign papers, whatever. So that's what I did. I had to, like, kind of not really beg, but beg because they're like, what do you need that for? They don't believe in therapy type stuff. Your parents, you mean? My grandma. Your grandma? Yeah, mm. she's the stern one. Old school, you know, you just suck it up. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Clean, do this, do that. Yeah. yeah, we all got problems, you know, just work through it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so, but she, she eventually did end up signing it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, literally that following week, I was in the groups. And then from there, like, I was the oldest one in the group, too. Okay. So... I just kind of, like, try to let the girls that were in the group know that it's okay to go through things. But, 
you know, you don't have to talk about it. If you don't mm-hmm. feel like it, just listen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Definitely, yeah. Um, right when Merlene was talking, I got a flashback because I think she was like a uh, office aide. You would hang out at that like that desk right there when I really met oh, Mr. Yeah. Melvin, and she was there, you know. And then mm-hmm. I talked to her for a bit, and then um, she kind of gave me a little bit of her story, and then I introduced the program, and then I gave her a packet, and then no hesitation, she brought it back in the next two days, signed, fully signed. And I'm like, dope. She's she's right. with it, yeah. and uh, and there, it's been great ever since. But yeah, I, I still remember her sitting at that desk helping mm-hmm. out. Everyone, everyone yeah. at the office, happy not everyone. So what made you, you know, you, you said you want to do it kind of begging, but there's a difference of going. Because a lot of times kids be like, yeah, I get to be out of class. I, could, I don't need to do this, this, and this. But what made you decide to speak and be a part of it? And I know Christian keeps talking about how much you are such a big leader with, a lot of times within the girls group. What led to that? Um. Well, me personally growing up, like I said, I live with, you know, kind of the older generation always mm-hmm. grew up like that and that's how they raise their kids to be so my family doesn't really believe in like you know not being there mentally i guess okay so i had to like shut down my feelings i guess you can say and not really open up so i know how it feels when you know everyone's quiet nobody's saying how they feel and that's something that i don't like when people do like mm-hmm. i want to hear someone tell their story i want to hear someone you know speak up and like just be up front i guess and the i didn't see no one doing that so i decided like might as well do it myself Mm. and let people know like around me they don't have to talk you know it's okay not to talk but like i'm gonna be a person that you can go to because i've been through it Mm. or i experienced something similar okay so so you went and just shared your story straight up and um you by that you were encouraging the other girls to share yeah i tried yeah do you mind sharing a little bit about your story? Is there anything that you think, you know, there's other, you know, listeners, parents, um, youth workers out there that might be working with a kid like you? Um, what, what's something special or unique about your story that, yeah, we should hear? Me personally, I think I always, you know, say this to myself, say this to other people. There's always going to be someone that goes through something just like you mm-hmm. or more than you. You know, so I can't sit here and feel bad about myself because I'm going through whatever I'm going through. Like, for instance, before I was born, my dad passed away. So I never got to meet my dad. Never had mm-hmm. a dad in my life. Um, my mom got into drugs at a young age. Like, she was a teenage mom, so it was already hard on her. My family's, again, they're low-key boomers, not even going to lie. So it's hard for them to, like, realize things. And um, when I was, like, six, I got taken away from my mom. Mind you, my mom was, like, my best friend. Like, mm-hmm. me and her was always together. I was going with her everywhere. But, you know, she couldn't take care of us, so I had to move away. And I have, right now I have six siblings. At the time when I did get taken away, there was my older sister and three younger siblings. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, and then I was always told my siblings are always, like, my best friends. The only people I'm going to have in the world at the end of the day. So I kind of stuck by that. And, like, growing up, I was always, like, either yelled at told you know my feelings weren't like validated i guess and uh, i shouldn't be feeling the way i'm feeling or to stop crying i was a chiona like i cried all the time for everything someone called me dumb i'd be like crying but it's because like you know i was shut down Mm -hmm. i wasn't used to it i wasn't used to being bullied or nothing like that in school too that's what happened um i was bullied for a cool minute but then like 
I gained a persona where I just didn't care anymore because I was like, nobody cares about me. Why am I going to care about anyone else? Mm. So that kind of had a lot to do with like my growing up too because it started in second grade. Shouldn't say this, but I got in a fight in the second grade. Mm -hmm. Like it was my first suspension, everything. Second grade, eight years old. Like who does that? Um, But like it did have a lot of impact on me a lot because i was just so angry so mad nobody would like i thought nobody was gonna listen to me i was always fighting with everybody my siblings like they're supposed to be my best friends and i'm fighting with them and like i didn't listen to my grandparents i didn't listen to the adults that tried to tell me what's right or wrong i did really good in school though i was like always a good kid in school in elementary and middle school but it wasn't until ninth grade my grandpa had got sick with cancer that me and my siblings got sent away to Utah. And then from there, like, I just, that's when COVID hit. It was 2019, 2020. I don't know what year it was. But March, <laughs> March 2020 is when COVID hit and we all went virtual. Yeah, there you go. So it was the beginning of 2020 that I went. It was like early March. And then like a few weeks later, school was out. Mm-hmm. Everything shut down. So I just stopped doing school. I didn't care about nothing. I was fighting with everybody. I brought, I came back to California from Utah a few months later. And, you know, my grandpa passed away. I was living with my mother being stuck in a house watching my two little sisters that weren't sent there. And they're like five and seven years old at the time. Mm-hmm. And so they like, they're very needy children, very needy. <laughs> they like, you know, being outdoors. They like playing in the dirt. Type yeah, thing. they're kids. They're yeah, normal say. kids things. Yeah, and I was taking care of them like twenty four seven, feeding them, showering them, and that's something I've always been doing since my whole life with all my siblings. Because, like I said, my mom wasn't there mentally because yeah. she was doing other things. Yeah. So me and my older sister always had to play that mommy role to them, and it took a lot out of me. I remember when my grandpa died in twenty twenty one. No, twenty twenty. I don't remember the dates anymore. Yeah. But um, he passed away, and I found out over a phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, had just got arrested like four days prior. I'm stuck in a house in L.A. No adults. Mm-hmm. Like, there's an adult, but she's always working. So it's like me by myself and my two little sisters. And it's summertime, so there's no school or nothing. And I'm just stuck there every single day. And I couldn't tell my sisters because they're little. I don't want to be the one to break it to them. Mm. and I'm there by myself watching them. Like, I don't know what I would do if they reacted a certain way. So I kept it in for, like, three weeks. I didn't cry. Mm. I didn't express how I felt. And my grandpa was, like, that father figure that, you know, I didn't have. Yeah. Why why were you so angry? I was angry because, like I said, since a young age, I was three years old changing my little brother's diapers. Mm. He was, like, one at the time. So I was angry because, like, how I saw it was I shouldn't have to be a mommy to kids that I didn't birth. Yes, they're my siblings. I should be taking care of them. But I shouldn't be feeding them every day. I shouldn't be showering them every day. I shouldn't be, you know, having to put my mental health and my responsibilities, like school, you know, homework, and just things like that, and my social life to the side to take care of kids that I didn't birth. Mm. If that makes sense. No, it makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. No, yeah, because I mean, it is challenging. I, I mean, I could be a jerk and be counter pushing. He was like, but you know, like, how would you show you know respect to your mom by taking care of your, like you were showing respect to your mom by taking care of your siblings, right? Yeah. Um, but 
you know, there's that question of what is too much versus not enough. And from your, what it's hearing and what it sounded like your mom wasn't present. And so you were mom for everyone and it wasn't right for you, right. To be mom. And so I, I, I respect that. And I thank you for sharing that. I know it's hard to share. Um, and so that's what you were. You were angry because you had to be mom. How do you feel now? Now? Okay. And like, are you still mommy to all the little ones or? Here's the thing. Just recently, everything changed just recently, which is great. This year has been good to my family. Um, just recently, you know, my mom was in jail for the first few months. But in May, the ending of, no, ending of May, beginning June, she was arrested last time. And they told her, like, one more time you're done. Like, you're going in there for good. And just last year, the ending of the year, beginning this year, I was living with my mom for a while. I was not supposed to be due to custody reasons. Mm -hmm. But I was living with her. And, you know, they raided the house. We got sent to the station for, like, I don't know how many hours. It was a few hours. Over mm -hmm. 12 hours. And we were just sitting there waiting for DCFS because they were coming from, like, I don't know how many states. I mean, not states. Cities over. Mm -hmm. And we were just there. It was all my siblings, including my older sister, who's over 18. Mm -hmm. My grandma, who's supposed to have custody of us. My uncle, who's there because, you know, emotional support, I guess. Mm -hmm. But um, we ended up all getting taken away. Me, my younger brother, and me and my two younger brothers and one of my younger sisters got sent to live with my grandma because she already had custody of us. They told her they were going to find her. Find her if... She you know, we were living with my mom again mm. and something like that happened. My two little sisters, though, they were already put into the system once. Mm. So they belong. You know, that's where they were sent. Mm. Um, my mom had signed her parents rights to my grandparents. That's why we didn't go through the foster system. But mm. my sisters weren't. So they were either going to be taken into the system or one of my family members that did have custody of them before had to take them. Obviously, that's what happened. We got separated from the two youngest, and then it was, you know, us four with my grandma. And it's been like that since. And um, my mom got out, and she was still on her, you know, things. And then she got arrested this last time, and they told her, like, you know, you're in for good. You're If you get caught up one more time, yeah. probation, parole, you know, the deal. And so um, she decided, like, you know, she was tired of living the life that she was, constantly being around, dealing with the drama and everything. And, you know, she decides she wants to go to rehab. Mm. So that's where she's at right now. She's going to be out in September, the beginning of September. And, like, me and my siblings that are living with my grandma, we're all in school. We're all going to school every day. Something that we're not used to because we're used to just, like, missing every day. Mm. Like, weeks by weeks or day by day, being late all the time. Yeah. So it's like everything's going good. And we're all, like, trying to, like, better ourselves. We're proud of my mom for everything, you know. She's actually in it mentally. She calls us because she has to, she gets her phone for VRs mm -hmm. to a court order. So she calls us. She tells us, like, about her groups, about, like, you know, something she learned. And, you know, we've all told her, like, we're proud of her just so she can stay motivated. And she's not, you know, feeling like she's doing it for no reason. Wow. Well, that's awesome. That, that's super cool. And you kind of hit it on it. So... Being in school consistently, it feels good, right? Yeah. Why? Well, when I'm at home, it's clean. If you're not cleaning, you're sitting there being bored. Mm -hmm. And if cleaning doesn't get done, you get yelled at. 
you get yelled at, the whole house is mad because somebody got yelled at. But, you know, it's always neg- it, it was full of negativity. Mm-hmm. There, you know, we do have our good conversations. Everyone can be in a good mood, but there's always someone that's just like always mad. Yeah. Which is reasonable due to things we all been through. But um like going to school helps us like get out, you know, that what we build in by socializing. Mm-hmm. And it gives us time away from the house cuz yeah. you know quarantine happened and that's just yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did you feel about quarantine? You just kind of for those who can't see, you, you kind of grabbed the air and, you know, squeezed it as hard as you can. So. I hated quarantine Why? so bad. Like I was through so many ups and downs. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to share this, but like drug usage and stuff like that. I was doing that, you know, doing a bunch of things that I shouldn't be doing that nobody should be abusing and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And there was a time where like I did it, you know, I popped Xanax Mm -hmm. and, you know, I was around my family members. I got crazy, like out of it. I don't remember a lot of things. And it it was scary to me because it's like, that's the time where I went, like overdid it. Yeah. And I blacked out completely. I was doing things that I didn't even remember. They were, like, telling me about it, like, while after. And, you know, like, I had to get away from the house. So I ended up going with my mom because they told her, like, she can't be here. Mm -hmm. Obviously. I wouldn't. I would have said the same thing about somebody else. Yeah. And so, like, I went through that. I was doing drugs. I was drinking. And then I was just, you know, not there at all. I was stuck in the house with a bunch of people that, you know, made it clear they didn't like me due to the things I have done. How I react to things. Um, you gain respect. You earn respect. You give respect. Mm-hmm. It always goes like that. You treat others how you want to be treated. You come at me sideways. I'm going to come at you sideways like that. Yeah. So I'm even like that with adults. I shouldn't be because obviously I have to be respectful. But it's like people like to make little comments mm-hmm. or be snarky about things. But it's like you don't know me. Stop. Yeah. So, yeah. And then it was a lot of mixing emojis. You know. Two people I know passed away that were really close to me. A lot of people just yeah. passed away in general. Yeah. But, like, the two that impacted me the most. And then um, the good things about it were, like, I realized who I am as a person. And I realized, like, I have to grow up and not be so, like, not be so violent, not be so, um, you know. I stopped doing, like, the hard things. I stopped drinking. Mm-hmm. What and made you stop? What made me stop? Oh, that's a good question. Um, like the, the, the pills and the drinking and stuff like that. I just realized like, I need to do something with myself. Mm. I need to not end up like the people that have been in my life. For instance, I didn't want to end up, you know, out of it like my mom was because I didn't want that for my future kids if I did have any. Mm-hmm. And then alcoholism and, you know, drug addiction does run in my family, both sides. Mm. So I knew if I got hooked that's it like i'm done like yeah you'll be hooked yeah so i stopped that and then you know obviously i was still you know smoking weed and everything like that i'm two months clean now i haven't nice. done no drugs I, i'll clean off everything Very that's awesome congratulations thank you it, i mean it sounds like you're really happy like why are you so happy that you've been clean do you feel different so there have been like moments like that i am clean that i'm just like ah like I don't want to deal with this. I just yeah. want to sleep. Sleeping is one of my biggest, like, to get away from everything. I think mm-hmm. I can sleep for 19 hours straight. Oh, I my can, gosh. It's crazy. It's really bad. It's unhealthy. But it's, you know, I'd rather do that than to, you know, sit there 
rollerblad or something mm -hmm. because that didn't help me. It just got me to eat, gain weight. I was still sleeping. I, yeah. I was, I weighed a lot more than what I am now. Mm. So that had a lot to do in like my mental health, how I saw myself, how I yeah. felt other people saw me, my anxiety, my stress. Mm -hmm. And it just wasn't helping me. So I just decided like, you know, let me, let me try it, see how it goes. And there have been things, you know, so far these past two months that have, you know, made me like think like, mm, do I really want to be sober still? Like, yeah. but I decided like, even through those things, I managed to talk my way mm -hmm. into understanding why those things did happen. Yeah. Whether it be to the people, to myself, writing things down, journaling, amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I kind of like give myself more clarification and reasons to not go back to what I was before because I'm trying to stay out of it. Well, congratulations. That's awesome. Thank and, you. And you, you hit something there. I'm curious, why is journaling awesome? Okay. Amazing? Well, that's a good question. I usually keep a journal. Like, I even have one in my bag now with a pen. Mm -hmm. And I write down, like, whatever I'm feeling throughout the day. Yeah. And this is a great story I'm going to add that just happened today. I was in an Uber going back to school. And there's this guy, and he looked just like my grandfather, the one that mm. passed away. So I was like, I wanted to talk to him, you know? He didn't sound like him, but he looked just like him. I knew he was going to be wise. He told me he was like 60. I was like, oh my, around the same age too. Yeah. And so he was telling me, and he was telling me like journaling and stuff like that. And then he told me um, it's better to do it at the nighttime before you go to bed mm -hmm. so you can sleep at peace. Yeah. So your mind's at peace, you sleep at peace, you wake up at peace. Mm. And I never thought about it like that because I usually do it during the day, like I said. Yeah. During the day, I write down how I'm feeling, you know, how I reacted to someone mm -hmm. telling me something, what I can do, like, to get away from that. Yeah. And just, like, you know, conversations I have with people. Mm -hmm. It benefits me, but uh, it still, like, builds up sometimes. Yeah. So so now you want to start journaling at night? Yeah, I, I want to try it. That's good. I think, I mean, journaling is something that we tell kids all the time, right? You know, just write it out. Because if you don't, because a lot of times kids when they're, or youth, when they're getting all of this trauma, they bottle it up, like you were saying. Oh, that's one of the biggest things I did. I was so angry at the world because I bottled it up. Yeah, and, and so how do you let it out, right? There's people who talk about it. That's why we talk in, in group and want everyone to share because now you're slowly releasing. Like, you know, it's like that soda that you shook up, right? Mm. You don't just open it all at once because then it explodes, right? That's when kids get in a fight because they just let out all their trauma, right? Yeah. You, you kind of crack it a little bit and just, psst, right? Little little comes out, right? That's the conversation, right? And that's the journaling, right? You just, psst, you know, you get a little bit out, a little bit out. And that's, you know, you're, you're expressing and getting your emotions and sharing your emotions and getting it out. Um, and I think what he said is um, quite wise in that, because if you go to bed and you just get it all out, there's nothing in you while you're going to sleep. So yeah. you, you can be at more peace. I mean, I'm 31 and I, I still, I listen to sounds that help me go to sleep just oh, because it helps me relax. The like, rainy sounds be hitting different. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, yeah, exactly. Rain and, and um, thunder sounds, you know, Ooh. rain hitting the window, like rain and like thunderstorms, like one of my favorite things. And like, I just like do like we have a hot cup of cock, uh, no chocolate, you know, sipping and, you know, just chilling and like lazy day, Netflix, whatever. And I just want to sleep. And so every night I have it. Yeah. And so like my wife always shows like now she's used to it too. She's like, man, like, why are you playing some? It's like, just babe, just trust me. Like, just listen, just listen. <laughs> just be yeah. And then, then go to sleep, you know? <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that's something I've been doing over the last couple of years and it's been helpful for me. So 
yeah, I, I'd encourage and continue that. Um, so thank you for all that, Raylene. It's been awesome. Yes. And then I guess Christian, you've been kind of quiet over there, which is odd because last time you were you were talking like crazy. But like, I want to ask like, what when you were working with Raylene, what stood out about her? Um, uh, trying to hear this. Hold on. <laughs> what stood out <laughs> when I first met her? Um. First thing that popped into my mind maybe was like her warmness, her her genuineness, her respect, her demeanor. Demeanor's a big one for Raylene. Um I hold her high mm. in esteem and demeanor. But when I first met her on that desk, um who would have known what this girl had gone through, you know? Mm-hmm. I did not know. Um but it's pretty much like her respect and her demeanor. Like I said, she brought that packet. Mm. I think the next day or the next uh, the day after that, you know, I'm like, okay, like I'm going to mentor her, you know, and then little things just started coming up and like, I'm like, damn, like this, this girl has a lot of promise, you know? Yeah. Um, But it's definitely her demeanor. And the mm. more I've gotten to know her, it's just been solidified. Like it's her demeanor. And like yeah. she said, like she could have gone a different path. I always tell Raylene this. Oh, I've told her before, like, um, by this time, Raylene, you should have been in the streets already. Mm-hmm. If you do the math, mm-hmm. if you if you do if you solve the equation, yeah, you know, you should have been in the streets already, running amok, doing what you're not supposed to be doing, following the footsteps of others. But you're not. I mm-hmm. told her, but you're not. You're here, and look at you. You're here, thriving, healthy, and I was applaud her for that. I told her that about three times already. Like, and this is probably the fourth time. Like, if you do the math. <laughs> If you do the math for me too, you know, yeah. whatever happened in our lives, if you do the math, um, you're supposed to end up like that. But it's our mm-hmm. job to um, break that equation or break that cycle, you know, and break or mm-hmm. I guess control your own destiny. So and that's that's exactly what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're here. Not many kids take yeah. a bus up on the offer to speak on the podcast and share your story. So that's powerful in itself. So thank you so much for coming in. Of course. Yeah. And so, and yeah, thanks for Christian too, because, you know, for the youth workers out there, you, a lot of times youth workers have to step out because Raylene, if you saw Christian coming every day, would you have spoken to him like, Hey, what are you doing in here? Can I join? Mm-hmm. Would that um, been- I mean, I heard about Justice for Youth, you know, mm-hmm. I kind of knew a, an idea of what it was. I did see him every day. Christian's always going out, saying hi to people who look lonely. Yeah. You know, just saying what's up to people walking by and everything. Um, he did come up to me like, before he saw me in the office mind you when christian first met me i was um i always sat in the counselor's office mm. at the, the the table like i always helped him in there and it was like during you know breaks mm-hmm. during because i had aid at the time for fifth period mm-hmm. so i was in there for fifth period and it's because i didn't talk to nobody mm. it was my first year going back and socializing with people after quarantine yeah and I didn't talk to nobody throughout the whole quarantine either, mm. like people from school. So I just like kept my distance. And I'm pretty sure like after I joined Justice for Youth, I kind of like realized I need to like get out of the counselor's office and do something with myself, mm-hmm. not just be quiet and just stay in the back. Yeah. Why was it hard for you to get out and speak? Um. Well, it was mostly hard because like I said, like the whole quarantine, I was going through things. And, um, I don't know, I just didn't, I didn't feel like 
okay mentally to talk to people because mm-hmm. I was still like angry about things. I was still hurting. I didn't want to take it out on nobody getting frustrated fast. So I just kept it myself to like ease my mind and not take it. Like I go by treat others how you want to be treated. I don't want to walk up to a random person and yell at them for getting in my way. Mm-hmm. Like say excuse me because I wouldn't want nobody doing that to me. Yeah. No, that's dope. No, that's good. So, um, you know, youth workers, anyone that's out there listening to this, if you have any questions, you know, of how to better work with certain students like Raylene, reach out, you know, at justiceforyouth.org um, or, or at justiceforyouth on any social media platform or www.jay4y.org or info at jay4y.org. You know, we're here for you guys. We want to help support you. Other youth out there listening, you're not alone, right? You just heard of Raylene. Um, there's other stories on our podcast that you could just hear and, and check out. We would love for you guys to check it out. Um, reach out. Um, thank you so much for tuning in today for uh, Life in the Urban City podcast. And we'll see you guys next time. Thanks, Rayleigh, and thanks, Christian, for joining. Of course. Thank, thank you. you. All right. See you guys. Bye.